Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. We are live heading into week five action in the National Football League. Let's get started. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Since we made it to the playoffs and we're there, so 
We're down 0-2, so it's time to come back to Cincinnati on Sunday. But uh, looking forward to uh, football this weekend, and, uh, yeah, it's tough. But looking forward to football this weekend. Man, I can I can hear it in your voice. You're, you're really rattled about this thing, man. The Reds, I mean, you know – they're playing Oswald tonight. You can't you can't be you know too upset about this loss, are you? I mean, I know you've been no, watching no, all year. No. Scott, I'm very upset about it. Uh, you pounce on him. Uh, you forget about the uh, the wonderful masterpiece that Royal Halliday did uh, Wednesday with the no hitter. Only the second time in over a hundred years it's been done in postseason, and they forgot about it. They pounced on Oswald with a uh, leadoff home run by Brandon Phillips. And then they, you know, they're up 4 nothing, and then things fell apart defensively, and uh, you just can't let your guard down, especially against a team like Philadelphia. Well, I hear you, man. I, I, uh, I, my condolences, okay? Down, down too low. You got, you got a, a tough road ahead of you. But, hey, look, tonight we've got a, a great show lined up for the listeners of uh, Red vs. Blue. Thanks for being part of our show. We have the crew is the chat room here at Red vs. Blue. Make sure you get logged in, sign in, get part of that crew to some of the best minds in high-stakes fantasy football. Uh, I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. If you have who do I start questions this week, uh, you want to run something past the guys, they're there. They're happy to get, you know, help you guys out and uh, you know, be part of the show. To interact the show, you can call in 347-324-5404 is the number. Uh, we stream live every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern uh, on the Fantasy Sports Channel. 24 hours a day, Mike. The guys, Mark Ronick and the crew at the Fantasy Sports Channel, they've just really amped it up. And, uh, you know, it's free to everybody to listen. So you've got all kinds of, uh, all kinds of great shows all throughout the week. When Smash Mountain Wednesdays, we've got our Friday nights here locked down. Uh, it, it's just a, it's a lot of fun. And, again, look, in the high-stakes leagues, waivers went through tonight. And, you know, I, I can't wait to pick Chad Schroeder to bring because that's the toughest part of this thing for me. I mean, here I am. I don't know. I'm maybe playing, you know, 15, maybe 20 leagues this year. And I'm telling you, Mike, it's wearing on me, man. These waivers, very <laughs> tough to do. Now, you'll be surprised when you hear Chad talk about how many leagues he has to manage. But, Mike, I'm going to tell you right now, I made mistakes this week that are just, oh, they're hurting me, man. It's like a dagger in, in the back, man. I've, I've got so many leagues. It's hard to keep up. Two critical errors, man. First, in the in the FFPC main event, uh, you know, I throw the bids out there, and then I come back and look at them, you know, about the last half hour of the night just to make sure everything's locked down. And I notice, I notice that I've got two bids out there, you know. I've, I've only got $280 left to spend, okay. There's the scenario. Let me break it down for you. I have $280 left to spend, and I've got 225 on Huggins. And I look down, and I say, I, I see that I've also got $55 on Sanchez. Now, little did I know at the time, you know, 225 plus 55, that's 280. So I, I look down, and I'm like, crap, I better, I better update those bids real quick. If I win both of those, I have $0 left for the year. And, and remember, these high stakes leagues, there's no free-for-all. So it's only yeah. a So I log in with a minute to spare, and I start updating the Sanchez bid. I, I, I bump it down to 45, and then I come back and I bump the other one down, and I hit submit, and it says you're too late. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just cross my fingers here that I don't win both of those. Well, Mike, mm-hmm. I won both of those. Yeah. So I have $0 left, and I have a kicker 
and a defense that are both on bye in week eight. So, you know, look, I mean, if, if Robbie Gold goes down with an injury, it's over. You know, it's, I don't have a kicker. I don't have any money, and it's over. I mean, it's just unbelievably unfathom, unconscionable that, that this could happen, Mike. Well, you know what, Scott? You know, funny things happen uh, throughout the course of the year. Uh, for instance, in the uh, pros versus Joes in our uh, in, in our league, Mino Brown, you know, he went through a tough period uh, last week. He had uh, he drafted seven wide receivers. Three were on a bye. Three were hurt, and the other one was disciplined. Uh, what have you? So, out of all those seven wide receivers that he drafted back in July, uh, he got zero points. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird thing. Well, man, I, I'm just really shook up about this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it. I mean, here I am. It's the main event league. This is the team that I was in the top 15 there early on. And it's a good team. It's got, it, yeah. it, it needs work. But, man, you know, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a goose egg, week eight, for a kicker in a defense because I didn't add my bids up. You know, just one of those things, man. You're going through, flying through leagues, and you don't realize what you're doing with uh, bid dollars. And, uh, man, I'm just I'm just really bummed about that. I don't know. I mean, week eight's going to – I'm going to need a miracle week eight to uh, pull out the W number one. And then those points, man, you can't just sacrifice points. We work very hard for every point. We're not like the average yeah. players. The average players put waivers in, but we look for any edge, every lineup. Position every roster spot we have, we try to maximize our points, and, and it's just uh, man, it's gonna be tough to get you over. Really, you never know how many points you're giving up. Uh, you know, it depends. Uh, you know, it could be uh, it could be six or it could be uh, thirty six. Yeah, I, I know, I know. That's the thing that's got me going, man. But listen, anyway, tonight we've got Chad Schroeder, the number one player right now uh, on the planet. Uh, for high stake fantasy football, he's a modest guy, but look, he's got to he's got to come on red versus blue tonight. He's got to get his props from us and the chat room here. They're already uh, everybody's in the chat room lined up. Listen, you win seventy five thousand dollars in the FFPC main event the year one. You come back, you win two hundred thousand uh, dollars last week in the World Championship of Fantasy Baseball, Mike. That's incredible. He's a two-sport. He's Bo Jackson of fantasy football, Mike, or fantasy sports. He, he plays both games. He wins them both. And uh, not to mention all the countless other high-stakes leagues he's done very well in over the last couple of years. Uh, we had to get him on tonight to congratulate him and, and to make sure that the world knows what they're up against yeah. when they see Chad Schroeder's name on their list. Well, he, it seems like consistently every year uh, he's right there and uh, – you know, I want to pick his brain just a little bit on baseball tonight, uh, but uh, we'll also uh, touch on football, hopefully a little bit more than baseball. But, uh, you know, to do those both those things, I mean, that's that's an incredible uh, achievement, and he should feel good about that. Well, listen, you know, there's there's a lot of stats out there. You've got to keep your eyes peeled. You've got to, you've got to keep your eyes open. Let me, let me give you an example of the type of analysis that you get from being in the, the industry of high-stakes fantasy football. Mike, last week I'm in a league, the Dynasty League, the, uh, the 1250 Dynasty over at the FFPC, okay? There's a lot of serious cash on the line. Top prize takes home nine grand in the league. So it's a league you definitely want to win. You don't want to build too much for the future, as our friend Cavalier King Charles does, he, he likes to build strong for the future, but I don't like to blow $1,250, Mike. I don't know about you. 
And no. and I want to build a team that's strong every year. But this week I'm I'm, I'm facing a, a good friend of mine, Corn Finch, Jeff Tirabasi, very strong competitor. And, uh, you know, I had two guys on Jacksonville. I had to start one of my Jacksonville wide receivers last week, Mike. It was either Mike Sims-Walker or Mike Thomas. Now, most people heading into last week, you know, it's a coin flip, but at the same time, you know, Mike Sims-Walker is the number one. Well, right. look, you got to study this thing from all angles, and it's not always going to be accurate, but I, I go into one of the, uh, the sites that I like to use. That's why I love the Internet. There's so much information out there. I've got my resource for uh, the defensive uh, defensive statistics against wide receivers, and they and they line them up against number ones, number twos, and, and number threes, and so on, Mike. And it shows that the Indianapolis Colts, who Jacksonville played last week, were number two against number one wide receivers, Mike. They completely have been shutting down the number one wide receivers. In their defensive scheme of things, they shut down the number one. Conversely, they're number 30 against the number two wide receiver. So what did I do? I plugged in Mike Thomas, and it saved me that game, Mike. If I wouldn't have put in Mike Thomas and I would have put in Mike Sims-Walker with the goose egg, I would have lost that league. And and you're talking about every single week means something. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying the type of information that's out there today on the Internet is there. You've got to use it. You've got to pick up any kind of edge you can on your opponent because everybody, the information is out there for everybody. Yeah, that's that's a great call, Scott, because – Sims Walker, that's uh, two games in a row that uh, I think he's thrown up a goose egg, and uh, but that's because he's number one. So they're, you know, they've got their uh, uh, DB DB one at uh, wide receiver one. So uh, basically, you're looking at your uh, wide receiver two, and uh, that can give them a lot of options. And that might uh, come into effect come uh, for the Indianapolis Colts uh, this weekend. Well, here we are, 14 minutes into the show, in the red versus blue, and we haven't yet commented about the Randy Moss trade, Mike. Randy Moss, back to the Vikings. I want to hear Chad's take on it when he comes on the air. Mike, Randy Moss reunites with the Minnesota Vikings organization. Uh, Belichick obviously says, hey, it's time to move on. Randy thought the same thing. Now he comes in and, and plays with a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's got a Hall of Fame, very likely wide receiver in Randy Moss. Uh, you know, that's a no-brainer. And you've got he, – he, he enters a team, uh, yet another fantastic team. He, he joined the Patriots. Look what he did. Now he joins a team that's ready. Adrian Peterson, Shanko, Harvin, Farr, that defense. Mike, he's in a great situation. Sidney Rice will come back later. But his first week, or he, he plays the New York Jets, and Revis is already talking trash, Mike. I, we, had a, we had a Butterburger bet on the run. Last I know. Is a Butterburger bet in our future again. Well, you know, I, I thought about this all week. Uh, you know, Randy Moss is going to fit in perfectly with Minnesota. Uh, you know, the experience, the years uh, with him and Brett Favre, they're just going to – it's almost like you don't have to say anything because things will happen. Uh, it's going to hurt Shanko um, big time. If you're a, a Shanko owner, it's going to hurt you big time. Um when Sidney Rice comes back, who knows? But uh, you know, this, this is a this is a recipe for good stuff for Minnesota. If, as long as uh, Chile and uh, you know AP, if they will let that happen, then uh, these guys can have a lot of fun. 
is. It's going to be something to watch, man. Uh, Randy Moss, no matter where he's at, is something to uh, to behold on that on the offensive side of the ball. You have defenses have to worry about him. And, and let's face it, you know, he had a goose egg last week, but he's going to play all 17 weeks this year. So he had, that is an edge that you cannot ignore for Randy Moss, uh, that he's well, going to get to play 17 weeks. Scott, Scott, one thing about that goose egg last week was, he had a goose egg in the first half, and apparently from reports is he just basically went off at halftime saying, throw me the ball. Well, in New England's style of offense, they don't have to do that. Bill Belichick, he don't care if it's Randy Moss or if it's, you know, Scott Atkins or Mike Trent. It doesn't matter. He's like, I just want to win the damn game. So what he's saying is, Randy Moss, we don't need you. So, okay, out the door he went, and uh, he's probably in a better situation for him. Well, I, I hear something. Uh, I see somebody in the, in the, um, on the switchboard right now. That is Chad Schroeder. We want to bring him on right now. Don't want to make him wait. Chad, thanks for joining Red vs. Blue tonight, and congratulations, buddy, on your $200,000 victory at the World Championship of Fantasy Baseball. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Thank you. Where you go, Chad? Man, Thanks, how does Mike. it feel? How does it feel to knock down a, a second main event title? Listen, we we've, we've talked in many circles, and you and I talked about this as well. We've been waiting for somebody to break through that barrier and and cash two main events. And at that point, we said that player will have bro- broken through that barrier to become the best fantasy player. My, uh, Chad, you've done it, and how does it feel? Um, it felt great. Um, it's a uh, baseball. It's the first time I've ever played. Uh, it's the first time I've ever even drafted a fantasy baseball team before. Um, I did three of them, and that was the last of the three I did. So, took, I think I improved a little bit as the drafts went along because I really didn't have a clue what I was doing, and uh, just sort of try to figure out what some of the better players were doing and that I was drafting against the first couple and. Uh, tried to improve and then got pretty lucky and hit on a few guys that outperformed what they probably should have done. So um, hey, it's Chad, a grueling, the, grueling in sport. Deal, in, the, in the baseball deal, uh, where, did, where did you have your most, uh, I don't know, uh, most success at? Uh, was it the hitters or the pitchers? It was pretty balanced. I, was, I think I finished like – in the top five in pitching and batting. So, um, ended up being, I, I got, I drafted hitters earlier, I think, um, on that team, and, and I hit on some pitchers that did better than they probably were supposed to do. So, um, I don't know. In general, I just feel pretty lucky because there's a lot better baseball players than I am, that's for sure. And they were all coming at me, and uh, somehow I was able to hang on. Cool. Well, Chad, again, uh, you know, fantasy baseball is a complete mystery to some of us here, but uh, you you seem to have uh, jumped right in feet first. And talk about how it took away from football, and or, or how it affected your football preparation. I mean, for those of you, for those of the listeners that don't know, you've been on the show before, and you've told us about the number of leagues that you play. Give people an idea of how this works out for you, because the, the number of leagues, they need to hear that. They need to hear kind of how this whole thing works for you. And I don't think most people can even get their head around it. Can you give us a, a quick, you know, rundown of how that works? 
Well, it, for starters, um, it did hurt my football preparation a lot um, because I developed a really bad addiction to uh, updating the standings every five minutes um, for about the last three <laughs> months, and it was very unhealthy. <laughs> um, instead of reading football articles and stuff like that, I was uh, refreshing the baseball standings instead, and um, I think I know the player pool in the NFL well enough that it probably didn't hurt me too much. Sometimes you can overanalyze things in the preseason, uh, reading articles and stuff, rather than yeah. just uh, knowing how good players are. So. Yeah. So. But as far as all the teams, um, I haven't actually counted them up, but I think it's somewhere around 130 teams that I have this year. Maybe 125 so, that aren't that drafted. That number should blow those people away, Chad. I mean, listen, I, I you know, I, I spent a lot of time on this stuff, and I've got like 20 leagues, and I'm still making mistakes, critical errors, when it comes to managing my bid dollars. Talk about how that works for you and what, I mean, has that happened before to you, or does that happen, or, or you have some way well, of overcoming that? I don't, uh, well... I probably don't spend near as much time on some of the teams as I should be. Um, I just kind of go through quick and uh, kind of look for players that uh, I kind of just go through and see who's the highest uh, scoring free agents, and I don't have time to really, really look through the whole list um, on all the teams. I try to do it on the larger teams, but... um, I probably don't do a very good job on the free agent wire if I as if I would uh, only have about ten teams or something. But well, just hope that the, uh, monetarily, hopefully, it's an advantage to play them anyway. But I'm starting to wonder if it is. Um, I think I might be in a little over my head. I made some uh, made a couple lineup uh, mistakes last week. Um, forgot to check a kicker that I picked up and cost me a game and stuff like that. So probably in a little bit too deep. But. Well, listen, we wanted to congratulate you for uh, for the success. We, we, we've always – we're following your career, obviously, with uh, just a lot of uh, envy and, uh, you know, uh, some other words that come to mind. You know, we, we, who, who wouldn't like to do what you're doing, you know, and, and uh, play play all these games and, and, and do the study and the work and make that, you know, make that your living. But, listen, I, I've got some serious questions I want I want to ask of you this week. Uh, you know, so I want to get congratulations out of the way. You're the champ. You're the best. Cincinnati, okay, they're playing a, a, a team this week. They just come off of a loss to the Cleveland Browns. I don't think anybody's really surprised that Cincinnati's going to have those types of games. This week they play at home against Tampa Bay. And we've got we've got writers or callers on our show and, and emails talking about Mike Williams this week. Mike Williams of Tampa, a, a breakout player this year, right? I mean, a number one wide receiver for Josh Freeman. Cincinnati is number one against wide receivers, against number one wide receivers this week. So if you have a better option, somebody like maybe a Lewis Murphy in Oakland or something, would you would you bench a Mike Williams based on a statistic like that, or, or, or tell me how your thought process goes when you hear that? I generally um, don't pay a whole lot of attention to those statistics, especially this early in the season. Um, like, 
like Houston, for instance, last week they were going out to Oakland and, um, you know, there, there's all this talk about how Houston's pass defense is the worst in the NFL. Well, while they were ahead of the Colts and when Peyton Manning throws for however many yards he threw for that one game, it can sort of skew things, especially this early in the season. So I don't really pay much attention to it until it gets a little later on. Um, I wouldn't – I mean, Lewis Murphy's a decent player, though. So, yeah, yeah, I might play him over um, Mike Williams because he might have a better shot at getting in the end zone or whatnot. But um, I, I, I have Mike Williams on quite a few teams, and he'll be playing on almost all of them, I would imagine. So, Chad, let's shift, uh, gears, in. Let's, let's shift gears a little bit uh, then, Chad, and let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Here we have a situation where Moreno, again, hamstring has been ruled out for Sunday's game at Baltimore. Uh, you know, you've got Hulk, Maroney, and Buckhalter both averaging less than two yards a carry. It, it, it appears that, again, the Broncos are going to be a one-dimensional team this week with, with Kyle Orton just chucking the rock. And you've got a guy here in Denver, Chad, that has looked tremendous, Brandon Lloyd, uh, not to mention the stats that he's putting up. I mean, last week, what was it, 11 catches, 115 yards. But if, if you look at what he's done, he ranks, I don't know if you've heard of, uh, if you follow, like, defense, adjusted yards, things of that nature, but he is, he is the number one wide receiver right now in terms of efficiency when he's out there. Uh, do, you, do you see this trend continuing for Brandon Lloyd as he kind of stepping up to that elite status? I would not be surprised if it does. Um, I, I'm really, I'm kind of disappointed in myself. Um, I drafted him a few times, but um, he was generally going undrafted in a lot of leagues, and uh, he really looked good to me in the, in the preseason. You know, he played with Orton back in Chicago, I believe, and uh, he looked healthy and looked really good in a preseason game or two that I watched. Um, and I don't know why I didn't take a shot with him a little more often in the 20th round, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if it does continue. Um, he's a little bit more athletic than, um, you know, Gaffney and guys like that. He's not as athletic as Thomas, obviously, but more polished uh, route runner, knows what he's doing, and obviously Orton has a good connection going with him, so it always shows you that he's not going to keep doing it. I, I don't see any reason... Not to believe he won't be solid. He won't keep doing what he's doing, but he'll, he uh, should be solid, though. Well, you know what, Chad? I totally agree because I, I've i got a, a list of uh, about seven names on my paper right here, and Brandon Lloyd was one of them. And, uh, you know, it just he continues to do it. And like you said, uh, he's one of the younger uh, wide receivers for uh, Denver and continues to get it done over and over again. Uh, now they're going to, at Baltimore. Baltimore is a seven-point favorite with a uh, you know spreads thirty-nine and a half. So I don't know uh, what Baltimore is going to give up as far as uh, Brandon Lloyd goes, but I would say that uh, they're going to cover him pretty tough. But uh, I think he still has a shot at uh, shot at the end zone. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's sort of a crapshoot what Denver receivers are going to do what on any given day, but um, obviously the ball's going to be in the air a lot. That's pretty obvious, and Orton looks pretty good so far. So. 
We're, we're talking with Chad Schroeder tonight. Uh, just had just finished up a $200,000 victory as the world champion of fantasy baseball. Obviously, we know Chad from his experience at the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Uh, he knocked down the $75,000 top prize a couple years back. And he's back for more with three teams in the family, so to speak. You've got there in the uh, right there at the very top of the FFPC, Chad. It's unbelievable. What what is the common theme here with these teams? Are they are they all a little different? Is it just team construction? What do you what do you attribute to this success? Can we can we figure it out by looking at the teams, or or, or what have you what have you thought? I don't know. I think that uh, I think the FFPC suits. Um, how I like to draft a little bit better than the other major games. Um, for one, if you draft good deep teams, there's more options as far as getting them into the lineup. So if you take upside guys and, you know, you can, even if you're heavy at one position or another, you can still get all those guys in the lineup. So I think that helps me some in a way because then I don't have to worry so much about trying to, balance out a roster, um, you know, if I'm feeling like I need to take wide receivers, if there's value at the backs at certain levels and vice versa. And then also uh, I think it helps me because I don't like taking tight ends that early usually. And so when all these tight ends go off the board so early and that, then it just creates even more values at running back and wide receiver. Um, so I'm very much willing to go into battle with a fairly weak tight end and uh, just be loaded everywhere else, hopefully. So, so I just like that, I hear that you game. saying again, and, and sorry, Chad, what, what I hear you saying, and we talked about it uh, in the off season, is, look, there's a lot of hype right now on quarterbacks. There's a lot of hype on tight ends. This is the year that the pros will again take advantage of all of the uh, information that's out there and all these must-have players and, you know, draft for depth. You've got to survive the bye weeks. You've got to survive the injuries. And, boy, do we have injuries this year, more than ever before. You've got to survive the bad matchups. And, plain and simple, you've got to survive the coaching decisions, you know. Sometimes guys just sit, you know, like we saw this past week, Chad. Arian Foster, he sits for the first quarter into the second quarter and then comes back with a vengeance. I mean, I – I don't know, Chad. Are we looking at the number one player in fantasy football right now, Arian Foster? Um, I hope so, but I I highly doubt it. Um, That's what you I have him on a couple of really big teams, and I hope he keeps doing it. But I I don't know. I tend to doubt it. You don't want to get the voodoo doll out. The red versus blue voodoo doll here. You know what? Oh, you know, this is you know, as soon as we start talking about a, a player like Jonathan Best or something, you know, he goes down. So you, you know, I, I'll lay it off of that for you, and I won't, I won't make any more stink about um, about Mr. Foster. Let's let's talk about Austin Collie. Here's the number one wide receiver in all of football last week. Now, Clayton's reporting that Collie, with his foot injury, he's likely to miss Sunday's game against Kansas City. And so, you know, all of us are thinking, look, if Collie doesn't play, most of us that drafted Pierre Garçon have been utterly disappointed. He's been on our bench. Is this the week, Chad, that we put Pierre Garçon in the game? Oh, absolutely. If if uh, Collie's out, you, then it's a no-brainer. I mean, Manning will get his, and there's 
basically only have three guys to do it then, so and he's one of them, and uh, he'll be getting single covered most of the time. So absolutely, we're hoping Callie's out. We're hoping that Garcon with that hamstring, he did practice fully uh, again here on Friday. So the question, you know, uh, that uh, Garcon's going to face here is how many. You know, what's going to be the role if Collie misses? If Collie misses, obviously Garcon comes in and let's see if he can catch the damn ball, right? I mean, that's what we need him to do. Let's talk. Let's go to New Orleans, Chad. Pierre Thomas with this ankle, he's already been ruled out for week five at Arizona. It's the second straight week here. A lot of us were counting on him to uh, kind of shake this injury bug, but, boy, he had a bad-looking ankle injury. Now, Chris Ivory is expected to start. Liddell Betts received more touches last week. And he played more snaps than week four. But i got to tell you, I love what I saw from Ivory. And the Cardinals here, they have the worst run defense in the NFC. So what do you think about Chris Ivory plugging him into your lineup this week? Again, it just sort of depends on I, – I wouldn't be in love with having to play him, but um, I'm going to end up playing him on several teams probably just by lack of better uh, – any options. Um Really good chance he gets in the end zone, I would have to think. Um, I still don't know that how many – I know he showed some uh, receiving skills in the preseason, but uh, it'd be nice to see him uh, start grabbing a few balls here and there. Um, it's hard to put up many points if you're only getting about 12 carries a game if you're not catching any passes. So um, I don't know what to make of all that. And uh, – this Lance Moore situation too. I don't know if he's going to keep being uh, as good. Just just because Reggie Bush is out doesn't necessarily mean he should all of a sudden be a superstar. But um, I don't know. That that Saints offense always seems to confuse me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. They they kind of like to use when when Bush is out of the game instead of that dump pass or that screen that they to the to the outside or the flats for Reggie. They kind of just sit meet you, or, or they sit Lance Moore right there on the line of scrimmage and toss it to him and let him run. You know, I mean, I've, we've seen that over and over again with him. And another good solid week, five for thirty-seven in the touchdown. That's another. You know, anybody will take fifteen points all day long. And and Meacham seems like he's the forgotten man. And I don't, I don't think he's on an injury report or anything. But man, yeah. how Meacham is fell. Yeah, I don't know what I don't I don't know what. Meacham's problem is um, he's obviously a lot more athletic than guys like Lance Moore. Um, do you think that uh, they could get him some of those patterns um, since he's more explosive that Reggie Bush was getting, just get him the ball, but um, they seem to prefer Lance Moore to do it, so I don't know. Well, we definitely lost some players this week, Chad. Uh, Jay Cutler on a lot of teams of mine. Uh, Michael Vick on a couple of teams. Nick Spatton has hurt several teams this week, and Steve Smith, all hurt, all injured in the same week. I mean, it's really a lot, a lot of situations around the league are, are kind of up in the air. One situation that looks like it's got some uh, potential here is this is this Arizona situation. They were routed by San Diego last week, and now Beanie Wells comes in, and, and after after meeting with Wisnut about his role, you know, Wells, you know, we saw him in the media this week, he complained about not getting enough carries, and we, we, we'd like to see what Wells can do here. Uh, what do you think about this situation with Beanie Wells and, and Hightower? 
I just I'm, I don't have very many. Uh, I don't have those guys on very many of my teams in general. Um, I'm kind of glad I don't because uh, Beanie, he's he's a good player, um, much more talented than Hightower, obviously. But um, the problem there is it's just not a very good offense, and the the writing was on the wall that it wasn't going to be a very good offense ever since Warner. Um, decided to dance or whatever he's doing. Um, so how, how's Beanie going to, you know, really put up very many points if he's not getting in the end zone because he doesn't catch very many passes? Um, and then high, how's Hightower going to score a lot of points if he's not an ever-down back because he might catch a few balls here and there, but um, they're still not going to score very many touchdowns. So I just don't see how the – and then when they're sharing in a bad offense, I don't see how it's going to equate to very much success for either one of them. They probably should just go with Beanie and play him almost all the time and just try to turn it into a sort of a running situation. But I don't know that that's what they'll do because they'll still be behind a lot, so they won't be able to do that. So I don't know. You know what? It's not a real good situation. Yeah, you brought up a very good point here. Uh, I've got uh, actually I've got Beanie Wells and Hightower in a couple of different leagues, and uh, it is a tough situation uh, for uh, Arizona to you know try to come back from uh, because their offense. Uh, well, let's face it, their offensive line is terrible. Uh, they have nothing to you know nothing to work from, uh, whether it's Hightower or or Beanie Wells. So uh, where do you go? And uh, you know when I look at them and. You know, they're at home against uh, New Orleans this week. But, you know, at home or at New Orleans, I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, they've got to get an offensive line. they got to get a uh, quarterback. And uh, they've got to get a team that's going to be, uh, you know, that's, that's going to help Beanie Wells and Tim Hightower get some fantasy points. Yeah, it, it's a situation that, uh, you know, has a good matchup this week. New Orleans has definitely allowed a lot on the ground. They, uh, I think they have like the fifth uh, best matchups for running backs uh, are the New Orleans Saints right now so far. Uh, again, like you put, pointed out, Chad, it's a little early, but still, that's a, that's a, that's a desirable matchup for uh, Beanie and Hightower, and, and they're desperate for a win. Arizona does not want to fall behind these, these upstart St. Louis Rams who seem to have very little problem against Seattle last week. Sam Bradford has looked fantastic uh, as a rookie, and he gets a good matchup this week against at Detroit. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what they can't pull off there. Javid Best, uh, he's back on the turf, and and we'll see what he can do. He was limited this week with turf toe, but uh, bearing a unexpected setback, he'll, he'll start this week against the Rams on on four fields. So, you know, this is a this is a rookie that's averaging seven and a half yards per game or seven yards per carry on the turf this year compared to just three on the grass. I don't know if that will continue, but so far that's what it's looked like. So, Chad, uh, let's, let's hit around the league here just a little bit little bit longer uh, while, I've, while I've still got you on the show here. Uh, Kansas City, the only undefeated team left in the National Football League, and they go up against Indianapolis. Now, I don't know, do you, do you ever get into these survivor pools? Is this a week that you uh, – is Indianapolis safe to use in survivor pools this week? All right. Yeah, that's very safe to use. I'm not sold on the Chiefs just yet. Their offense looks like death. Um, um, I'm just waiting for the Chiefs to start losing, getting behind in some games so they are forced to use Charles more. Um, 
this is getting ridiculous with this Thomas Jones stuff, and it's working. Yeah. They think it's working. It's really not, but it's a mess. Yeah, Mike, I don't know about you. I, I think I'm going to be taking the Colts this week in uh, in, the, in my survivor pool. Otherwise, I might I might go out on a I might go ahead and take the Saints this week. It might be it might be a good week to take the Saints, Mike. Have you, have you had a chance to look at your uh, survivor pool this week? Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, You've uh, got to take the Colts if you can, especially if you don't have to worry about if you can use teams more than once. Then I don't see how you can go anywhere else but the Colts. Well, you know, I, I'm surprised you say that, Chad, because uh, there, right now I, I wrote uh, I wrote a little note here. How can you figure the NFL out? Uh, would it surprise you to see Kansas City beat Indianapolis? Yes. <laughs> it would. It, it, it's in the it's at Lucas Oil Stadium. They're going to have the roof open. It's going to be a beautiful day and. But Kansas City does have momentum, and how important is momentum, Mike? I mean, it's got to be worth something. Well, yeah, absolutely. Momentum means means a lot, and, uh, you know, there's no question about it. But, I mean, uh, who would have thought Arian Foster would be the number one uh, wide or uh, running back so far this year? I mean, there's, there's a lot of things in the NFL right now that I can't figure out. And, uh, you know, I'm just uh, – it would not surprise me one bit to see Kansas City beat them. Now I'm not saying, now I'm not predicting this, okay? I'm not doing my Mikeism here, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Kansas City was to beat Indianapolis. Well, we'll have, we'll have to see. Again, it, it should be a uh, interesting matchup. We'll find out if Kansas City is for real. I, I think most of us think it's a lot of smoke and mirrors so far with the matchup, but. I'm kind of like Chad. I want to see Jamal Charles get in there because I'm so tired of, of seeing Thomas Jones take those uh, take those. Yeah, carries. me too. Chad, one, one last situation I want to ask you about. Andre Johnson, uh, NFL Network came out and said that, that Andre is likely to play in week five. He's still listed as questionable with this ankle injury, and he was limited in Friday's practice. Now, Andre is obviously a guy, if he's playing, you got to start him, but a lot of us have been holding on to this Jacoby Jones kid, and, you know, I even threw him in there last week when I heard Andre was out. Bam, Jacoby Jones hits my lineup. Was that a – I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. okay? Yeah, it's a mistake after he he goes out with the injury, but did you do the same thing? Was that something that uh, I, I was just a little too eager, or is Jacoby no, Jones I, a guy that we should be giving up on now? What's your take on that situation? Well, I didn't – I uh I didn't draft Jacoby Jones. He was always going uh, before I was quite ready to take him, um, and so I don't. I don't have him on. I don't even know if I have him on a single one of my teams. But if I had had him, I would have certainly played him um, in that situation. So you can't you can't control who gets hurt or whatnot. Um, you would figure he would have had a nice day. So I don't. <laughs> Mike, um, that tells me all I need to know right there. He doesn't have him on any of his teams. It was a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, that doesn't mean it's a mistake. I just didn't know quite enough about him, partially due to the baseball situation. So I was just kind of a day late and a dollar short um, hitting him. So. No, no, uh, no. It means it was a mistake. <laughs> hey, Chad, buddy, thanks for joining Red vs. Blue tonight, man. I really appreciate it. You know you're welcome on the show anytime. And, uh, you know, we always have the, the prognosticator on here with player props. 
you're always welcome to come on and uh, chat with us about uh, about what's going on, and we, we hope to have you back on the air. All right, I appreciate it. It's going to be an interesting week here with uh, Collie and McFadden. There could be a lot of uh, shifts because a lot of teams that are up there due to those guys, and uh, now things are going to start changing. So it'll be an interesting hey, week. Hey, Dan, it's I want to pleasure, guys. real quick. Uh, you know, I want to give you props on being so versatile, uh, whether it's uh, baseball, football, uh, you're getting it done, and uh, you know, you know, it's going to come March. I'm going to bend your ear on baseball. Uh, you, there's a lot better ears to bend than mine. I can promise you that. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to play, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> One and done, baby. Chad Schroeder, uh the world champion of fantasy baseball, two hundred thousand dollar winner. Uh, sounds like a hundred thousand dollars cash and a hundred thousand dollar dream job, buddy. So good luck with that. And we look forward to reading those articles, man. All right, take care, guys. All right, thanks, thanks. a lot. That was Chad Schroeder, Mike, uh, the world champion of fantasy baseball, the fantasy football players championship uh, grand prize winner from the inaugural season. And uh, many, many more accolades we can we can pound on. We just don't have the time to do that. But he's got three teams in the top uh, 10 or 15 in the FFPC, and it's it's looking like another fantastic year for him all around, Mike. Yeah, you know what? And he's so uh, nonchalant about it. It's like, okay, well, this is what this is what we did. This is what I'm going to do. You know, and so be it. Uh, I, the one thing I I, I took from Chad was. Uh, I don't think he uh, really puts too much time and energy into the stats in this. It's just pretty much my gut feeling. This is what I'm going to do. This is who I'm starting, and I, I think he I think he gains a lot from his draft from the get go. Well, he, he's not like me where I let my emotions get in and I look for this upside and I look for the dream promise and and I look for all these other things that rather than just taking guys that you know will perform week in and week out. So. There's definitely a level-headed, common-sense approach that uh, that I see when I look at those teams. So, uh, listen, let's let's keep moving around the league, man. That was uh, that was awesome. Justin Gage, Mike. Uh, it's not a name that you think about in fantasy circles. However, he's out this week with a hamstring. He's been ruled out. So what that does, it makes an opportunity for Kate Britt. He will start against yep. that inconsistent Dallas pass defense. Uh, Britt led the Titans in targets despite coming off the bench in week four. So if you have to, you know, you can do a lot worse as a wide receiver three or four, Mike, this week in fantasy league with Kenny Britt in the game against the Dallas Cowboys. What do you think? Well, Scott, uh, first off, uh, Kenny Britt, what did he do the half, uh, the last half of last year? He lit it up, and he was loving it. Uh, Kenny Britt, I would love to have him on my team. I tried in a couple of different uh uh, situations to get him, but I, but I couldn't. Uh, Kenny Britt is gonna, he's gonna be fine, and he's gonna get a lot. Uh, Nate Washington, now that offense is gonna be, I mean that's gonna make him even better. So you know, Kenny Britt's gonna be fine. Nate Washington even better. All right, Mike. Uh, there's a lot of uh, like like Chad said. There's a lot of situations that could change this week. Michael Bush gets the start over Darren McFadden with his injury. Pierre Garçon very likely to get the start over Austin Collie this week. And then you've got Kevin Cobb back in the fold in Philly, Mike. Michael Vick goes down, and the job gets handed back to Kevin Cobb. And Philly takes on an angry and upset and frustrated San Francisco 49er team 
on Sunday night. So you know that defense is going to be fired up for that game. Singletary is going to have them ready. But the question well, is, what is Kevin Cobb going to do? Well, first off, I totally disagree when you said uh, Singletary is going to have them ready. Singletary has lost this team, in my opinion. I, I, I'm tired of hearing uh, Mike Singletary talk about, well, we could have done this, what have you, or um, he, it almost seems like he's blaming it on every single player on his team. San Francisco is in shambles. Philadelphia, it's going to be a boat race. They're going to have so much fun with this, and Kevin Cobb is going to look like a hero. Oh, that's uh, that's very possible, Mike. Uh, this Kevin Cobb situation, uh, we should have asked Chad while we had him on. He is single-handedly, with the Vic departure, uh, it appears to have completely ruined the value of Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin. Now, I, I don't know how that can happen. I don't Everybody that. was anticipating Kevin Cobb to be an elite quarterback this year, Mike, and, and now right. you've got – this this severe chemistry issue with him and these wide receivers, like they don't buy into him, or he he's just lost confidence. I mean, do you do you can't leave Deshaun Jackson on your bench, but can you leave no. Jeremy Macklin on your bench until you see this thing full circle? Well, you know, I don't think you can leave either, either one of them on the bench. Uh, I don't know, you know, where that's come from. Uh, but the bottom line is that. Both wide receivers, they've worked with Kevin Cobb uh, for, what, years? I mean, let's face it. In in the last three, four years, they've, or the last couple, three years, they've worked with him. And, uh, you know, they're going to buy into him. There's no question about it. All it takes is one good pass to a uh, D-Jacks down the line or a Jeremy Macklin. And next thing you know, they're buying in. All right, I'm going to give you a. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of who do I start this week, Mike? Ryan Terrain uh, from the Washington Redskins. Obviously, they have a, a matchup against Green Bay, who has been, uh, you know, right there in the very, very um, uh, against running backs. They've been they've been formidable. Let's just face it; they've been one of the better run defenses in the league. And, and so Ryan Terrain gets a matchup where he's going to get a lot of work this week with Quentin Portis out. Ryan Terrain or Michael Bush. Michael Bush has a uh, San Diego team come to town who, again, also a very formidable defense this year against the run. Who do you start there, Ryan Terrain or Michael Bush? Uh, that's a toughie, but I go with Terrain. The only reason I go with Terrain is because of uh, the way San Diego's defense played uh, last week. They were electric. I mean, they were all over the place. Uh, they were the uh, – uh, San Diego defense that played uh, a few years ago, and uh, you know they showed me a lot. So I would go with uh, Ryan Terrain. All right, well, uh, contrasting opinions. I would take Michael Bush. I think he's, uh, you know, although we've seen we've seen more success from Michael Bush than we have Brian Terrain over their short careers, and I just see that Green Bay Washington game all about setup of the game. I think Green Bay could easily jump out on the Redskins make this a very difficult game for Ryan Terrain to really get involved. And you've got, uh, you know, if you're if you're Green Bay, uh, you're going to jump out on Washington, and you're going to have Donovan McNabb to beat you. And so McNabb's going to be forced to get Santana Moss back involved. He's going to be forced to get Cooley and a wide receiver here or there get involved to win that game. On the other hand, Oakland, 
I think I don't think San Diego is just ready to blow you off the map like Green Bay is from an offensive perspective. I think Oakland can hold their own on the defensive side a little bit better and quite possibly manage the game through Michael Bush. So there's my uh, analysis for, uh, you know, the, the five-second thought I put into it. Mike, let's let's talk about this D'Angelo Williams situation in Carolina. Uh, you know, we thought that possibly there might be a trade going down. It seemed to make a lot of sense maybe going to Green Bay. Uh, it was an illness. He was li- he listed as probable for week five, and he did practice again on Friday, so it doesn't sound like he's in any danger of missing this week's game. But Jonathan Stewart's getting a little bit more involved now. They've got a matchup against Chicago. I think they're just going to completely lay the wood to this Todd Collins kid. Uh, in that offensive line, I think this is a great matchup for the Carolina defense. If you happen to snag them, get them in your lineup this week. Carolina could have could have been had cheap on the waiver wire this week. But D'Angelo and Stewie, don't you think this is a situation where Carolina at 0-4 should pull the plug and deal one of these guys? Deal D. Well, get get D'Angelo out of there. You've got Goodson and Stewart that can hold the fort down, and maybe you can bring in like a, a deep a defensive player. Well, right now there, there's nothing. Uh, Nothing good coming out of this uh, Carolina offense. And, you know, it, it, it's frustrating because uh, I've got uh, D'Angelo Williams in a couple leagues and one good league. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen nothing. But it, it's hard to get something when you don't – when your quarterback and your wide receivers have nothing. What I mean, who's going to be the starting quarterback? Who's going to be the starting wide receivers? So I mean that's a very diff that's a difficult situation for uh, Carolina to have to go through. Uh, I think they can uh, you know compete with Chicago, but they're going to have to compete as long as they have some semblance of a uh, of a passing game. Antonio Holmes returns to action this Monday night, Mike, for Mark Sanchez, who's been on absolute fire. Again, he continued that 14 for 24, 161 and 2. LT's on the tear. Uh, he has a much tougher matchup this week against Minnesota, obviously. But, Mike, uh, this Jets team, after a slow start against a, a Super Bowl contender, is looking really good. This game should, should really uh, either elevate them to – you know, a contender status or kind of relegate them back down to, uh, look, you play a tough team like Minnesota and it's, uh, you know, you're, you're in for a long season. But San Antonio Holmes is, is back, man. This Jets team could be dangerous. Well, you know, Scott, I I thought when uh, when, when the Jets lost that first game, I, I was like, okay, the hype, uh, all this uh, extra coverage on HBO, you know, uh, all this stuff has it's gotten to them. No. They're ready. LT has stepped his game up big time. And, uh, you know, when was the the last time you saw LaDainian Thompson look as good as he has? I I, I can't remember. This guy is looking great. Sean Green is learning things. Uh, Mark Sanchez, I mean, he's making other wide receivers look good. Now, when was the last time you heard me say that? that Mark Sanchez will make other wide receivers look good. Justin Keller, are you kidding me? He's one of the best tight ends in in the NFL right now. This team looks real, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but, I mean, they are that good right now. 
And, uh, you know, Keller has been the star uh, for the Jets, obviously there uh, to complete that offense. But with San Antonio Holmes, you might have to think that that cut in, cuts into him just a little bit. He's still the guy there for Sanchez, and I think he'll still be that fallback pillow there. But I think at this point in, in time, Mike, we're, we're asking ourselves questions like, should we put Keller in over, you know, a starting running back? And that's, now it gets a little bit more difficult now when you have uh, San Antonio Holmes back in the fold. I mean, you know, we've been talking about Keller over starting running backs, maybe like, you know, over Beanie Wells or, you know, um, you don't know what's going on with Michael Turner yet. And if Felix Jones and Marion Barber, you're putting in Dustin Keller. Well, now you get Ryan Serrain in here, you get Michael Bush's name in here, and, and you start floating these names around with the likes of Dustin Keller. And you're almost saying, you know what, give me that flex option in Dustin Keller, and I feel a little bit better about that. So yeah. it's interesting to see how high to start him Dustin Keller has came in such a short period of time. Well, and and another thing, Scott, is, uh, you know, I mean, if you're a Jets fan, uh, what does San, San Antonio Holmes, what does he bring to the table right now? I mean, Deep let's face it, he is a great wide receiver, but, uh, man, this team's got it rolling. Uh, how much do you want to mess with it? Yeah, well, they're missing the, they're missing the possession over the middle type wide receiver. Braylon Edwards is not an over the middle type guy. He's only a deep threat at this point. And San Antonio Holmes can make those uh, those post routes and those slant routes over the middle, and that's what Sanchez really needs to to, to complement Dustin Keller out there. So I I'm going to be pretty excited to see that that Monday night game and see what San Antonio Holmes brings, Mike. Uh, another situation yeah, I want to bring up here is this uh, Cincinnati situation, Mike T.O., I mean, what in the world? This guy, top five in targets. What a, what a career day last week, 11 catches for 220 yards for T.O. This guy still has it in the tank. And Ochocinco missed Friday's practice with this groin injury, and he, he's listed as probable for week five. It, it's not expected to hinder his playing status, but it, it sounds to me like if I'm, if I'm Cincinnati and I'm Carson Palmer, I've found – my go-to wide receiver, and it's Terrell Owens. No, no, no. I, I totally disagree. Scott, every Sunday uh, between 11 and basically noon, I get the I get the privilege, I guess you could say, of listening to uh, the pregame Cincinnati Bengals uh, network. And I'm listening to it, and they were complaining about the fact that uh, – uh, T.O. isn't getting the touches and this and that. How do you, how do you, you know, allocate the touches between T.O., Ocho Cinco, Cedric Benson, and and they said, well, we gotta we gotta air it out. Okay, well you air it out, you air it out. You go to T.O. and you get beat by the Cleveland freaking Browns. Now, yeah, here's the deal. T.O. needs to just calm himself down. Chad Ocho Cinco needs to do the same thing. They need to run that ball. How were they successful last year? Cedric Benson, running the ball. Run, run, run. You might be right, Mike. It's, it's going to be an interesting situation. We've got about 60 seconds left in the program. Jacksonville at Buffalo, I'm going to give you a sleeper for all you guys that have waivers still available. And you've got a roster slot. They're going to they've, – they've moved Marshawn Lynch. It's going to be Fred Jackson, obviously, uh, powering it and Spiller show, you know, 50-50 split there probably. Uh, but watch out for this kid. This Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, he, he ran the ball very well against the Jets. He threw the ball. It looks like he has submitted himself as that starting quarterback there. And they've got a young kid 
David Nelson, undrafted rookie from Florida, 6'5", ran a 4-4-40, Mike. This kid might be a, a real deep sleeper for some of you guys needing a sleeper on your team. Uh, so, anyway, hey, thanks for joining Red vs. Blue. It's been a great chat with you. Thanks, guys. Schroeder was on, the best player on the planet. We'll see you next Friday night. Good luck in the league, gang. Red vs. Blue. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.